Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Becoming Fully Human podcast, season two. I'm not exactly sure what the point of seasons are on this thing, but I am living on a different coast, so I figure what more appropriate time to start a new season than right now. Um, where to start? So I'm going to do a Q&A for this episode because I have recently rejoined Instagram and it's been a while since I've interacted with people in that way. Um, I used to do a lot of Q&As and I miss them actually. It's They've been super interesting because they push me to figure out how I feel about stuff, I guess. And um, yeah, there's a degree of like there's there's a, more of a depth, I guess, that you have to reach to if you're going to release some sort of answer publicly. Um, it's nice to think about things. And yeah, these questions push me and I grow surely more than you do. So I enjoy them a lot. And it's been a while since I've done one of these. So I'm excited to be focusing um, on my website again and on the podcast and sharing on social media even though it is super strange to be sharing back on social media again also there's like part of me is excited and especially for the connections like man some of your messages and some specific people there's just such a real deep bond that can form through online platforms um a lot of superficial stuff, of course, a lot of fake things, obviously, but there's a lot of realness on it as well. So that I missed, but I'm having a hard time sharing things like posting photos. The photos themselves, um, not that hard to post because especially through this road trip I had, it took um, my... Now, ex-partner and I drove across the country over, I'm trying to think, I guess we left January 9th and it's March 26th as I'm recording this. So over a few months, although we got to the West Coast about three weeks ago now, maybe four weeks ago. Um, but it took us a couple of months to drive over and I got some beautiful photos along the way and it's so nice to share parts of Australia that I hadn't explored, that many people actually don't get to explore, especially in this age of restricted travel. Um, so yeah, the photo sharing is not the issue. The caption is the issue. Like, I, there's this polarity inside of me where one part of me loves sharing things that I'm experiencing and thinking about in hopes of inspiring other people to better their health, um, explore their inner self, grow, whatever you want to call it, question reality. But another part of me is like disgusted by sharing anything, um, partially because it feels like it's fuel for ego. That is just, you cannot separate that from sharing Although there's positives, it is inevitably ego fuel and I don't like it. It feels icky. Um, it's like 
I, I have this beautiful photo of the organic shop that I'm, the co-op that I'm uh, shopping at now in Margaret River. And I'm like, what do I even write about that? Like what caption, like, hey, check out this org. And like, yeah, I value organic foods. Most of you would know that I, for the body, for the earth, like there's so many really quite like deep things about the lifestyle that I lead that aren't just like, hey, check out my organic stuff, but it inevitably also looks that way. And I also probably need to explore the shadow within myself um, that is rearing its head. So like, I've been doing a lot of inner child work over the past four months and a lot of shadow work and exploring and Um, I'm pretty sure I recorded a whole podcast on the shadow, but basically they're like aspects of ourselves that we haven't accepted or integrated or wounds that we, instead of like facing and healing or at least acknowledging them, we kind of just like sweep them under the rug and hence like being in our shadow self. Um, And when it comes to sharing things, I've had this recent awareness that there's a mentality of like who am I to share something and like a a part of me that hasn't accepted that you don't need a degree to talk about nutrition or to talk about healing or to talk about the mind it's like adult me knows this but inner child me has been so conditioned to think that you Uh, need a piece of paper or you need um, 10 years experience or you should be a Buddhist nun if you're going to talk about Buddhism like there's such a pressure that comes in from all different angles that tells us we're not enough we're not worthy we're not safe and these patterns we pick up in childhood if not earlier um, in utero slash intergenerationally so yeah, I'm having to explore that too, being back on social media and actually facing myself and accepting and healing from the belief that I'm not worthy of sharing. So there, yeah, there's a lot there. Um, one way I know that this is partially shadow is, um, this was ages ago. I was actually living in Canada at the time. It's funny, you know, there's, when you get triggered, you can often place yourself in the exact place when it happened. Like, this is how I know it's real, is I did a Q&A on Instagram and a girl who lives in Byron Bay, who I had never met, but she is, I know her through the grapevine. She's a friend of a friend and she wasn't following me on Instagram. This is back when my account was public. And she asked a question I'm guessing she didn't realize that when you ask a question in these boxes um your profile pops up like your name and you can click on the person's profile and she asked me what uh degree I had um I can't remember the exact thing but it was basically like what degree do you have that makes uh, what you're saying valid and I responded like I responded um in the stories and went into depth about how I don't believe you need a degree 
to share your truth and to share your life experience and to inspire others and that it's up to every individual to filter the information that they take in from other people and not put anyone on a pedestal and always be their own you know sovereign decision maker um which all things which i believe but inner child me was triggered and i thought like who is this girl like how like how hurt must she be to be projecting all this stuff onto me but i was triggered like inevitably and i could i went every so often i'd like think back of that time and anytime she came up in like conversation or this or that because I mean we were one degree of separation and lived even in the same neighborhood for quite a while I was like yeah I was triggered um so I will actually get into triggers a little bit later in one of the questions but I there's a lot to unpack when it comes to that the feeling worthy of helping people um of sharing, of being seen, like social media is a minefield and there's there's so many layers here. Even just the discrepancy between this thing that you see, these like stagnant images and uh, snippets of text of how you're feeling at a moment in time when that's not life. Life isn't ever paused like that. So we've created this whole second world where things are snapshots and it's not only that they're positive snapshots it's that they're snapshots at all like even when you think of mirrors like mirrors are not natural things we're not we didn't evolve looking at ourselves and analyzing ourselves and having photos of ourselves to then look back on and judge us like there's so many there's so much to figure out when it comes to self-worth and introducing social media adds a whole other layer or like 100 layers of complication when it comes to all that but the good thing is that our triggers are our teachers which I'll go more into later Um, although I'm sure it's a concept most people have heard of or hopefully live by by now because to me understanding that concept is freedom it is it's the work it I mean it it permeates pretty much every teaching um that I respect from like Buddhist teachings when you look at Osho's teachings when you look at Tantra when you look at anything Vipassana teaches equanimity um Byron Katie like she's the queen of (laughs) triggers being your teachers like she her whole work is rooted in this and putting it on paper asking yourself for questions and turning it around um but yeah so I guess that's enough of a ramble for now. I should probably explain a bit um, that, oh, how to even get into this without being too open. It's hard to talk about my past relationship because it involves someone else that I care for deeply. Um, And yeah, I guess the time is not right for him and I. we're in different places, we have different wants and needs, and it makes breaking up really difficult, actually, you know, when you get hurt, violently hurt, like you get cheated on. I was cheated on when I was younger, and like, man, it makes breaking up real easy, because there's a good guy and a bad guy, and even in that situation, 
there's no good guy and there's never a good guy and a bad guy but when you're less aware of this kind of reality I guess or the Esther Perel talks about it a lot I surely have mentioned this in the past too that everything that leads up to a separation it's it takes two and um we place a lot of weight on things like cheating that uh, inspire us to think that there's a good guy and a bad guy but really that's never how it is and yet when you're in a situation with someone where you can tell that it's not right um, but for no concrete reason that's really hard um it's really hard because there's still so much love there between him and I and I want the world for him like I hope he finds everything he wants in this life even um though that's not with me by his side and yeah that's unconditional love I guess this relationship has really taught me unconditional love um I'll leave it at that but we yeah, we arrived to the West Coast about a month ago, and um, uh, maybe I'll just roll right into the first question because it's kind of related to this where I'm rambling on now. So the first question is, how's your adjustment to uh, the new town going? And so the new town being Margaret River, um, it is paradise here. <laughs> we initially were setting off for Denmark. Western Australia, which is about four hours east of here on the south coast, and this is like the southwest coast. Um, this town is heaven. It's very similar to where I was living before, um, Byron Bay, but much quieter. And the beaches, I don't know, the, Western Australia is so wild. The landscapes and the earth is red and some beaches here look like the Caribbean and others look like you're on the end of the world, which I mean, technically this area really is kind of like the tip of the world. Cape Lewin is um, one of the major points, according to my dad, who's a sailor, when sailors like cross this cape, it's a big, and they're doing a cross uh, the world sail. It's a huge milestone and it feels like just vast. It feels vast. Um so getting used to and adjusting to this new town has been more difficult for me than um, it has been many times in the past because of this breakup. And it's been really fascinating to watch myself and my reactions to things because if you know me even remotely, like I was the queen of solo travel. I was so independent. I still am independent, but prior to this experience, um, I willingly traveled by myself for like a decade um, in the Caribbean, like a few years ago now, I guess time just flies, this whole pandemic is a time warp, but I was in Europe and I visited 11 countries by myself, just like totally in the flow and yeah so independent and then I moved to Australia by myself twice actually like being in new areas 
without a plan by myself has just been my thing and now I was in well now being about a month ago I was in a new area freshly um I mean fresh out of a breakup and all of a sudden I felt like I couldn't do it it was it was fascinating I mean once you have the Um, awareness of the observer and it's become very integrated into your life which I think meditation plays a huge role in Um, any type of meditation that really has the emphasis on observing what is instead of changing things so like I have actually whole podcast on meditation and really delve into this but when you can know that what you're experiencing if it's emotion-based, is it's the periphery and you are kind of, well, not kind of, you're at the center. Your higher self is always still, is always calm, is observing what is as opposed to experiencing the highs and lows of life and the like, yeah, the good and the bad, the laughter, the crying, the ecstatic moments and the depression and all those things are happening around you and the true you is just watching what's happening and so having had that practice for years now and really integrated the concept of the observer I have been watching myself (laughs) through this breakup and through the relationship itself um, but especially in the breakup and being in this new area of like wow you you being me what's happened like how are you living in this amazing little health oriented surf town and feeling like you can't do it or feeling like you want to run and I entertained running back to the east coast um, to Sydney to Byron back to Canada I entertained the idea Um, I was like I felt lost it was like so emotionally overwhelming and to be in a new place and not have the support that I felt I needed was really hard and instead of running I decided to face myself um, because a lot of the work that I'm doing requires sitting with what is uncomfortable and learning from it and feeling compassion for yourself through it and growing from it and so it didn't run and I instead went kind of in overdrive in trying to understand what had happened and um like read all these relationship books and not really to well maybe if I'm being honest to try and salvage the relationship even though the depths of me have known for quite a while that this wasn't going to work out um but yeah I decided to grow from it instead and I knew that part of that required sitting with the uncomfortable feelings and the pain and um I started reading Pima Chodron's book When Things Fall Apart and that was very comforting. Um, A couple books that I read that really inspired 
so much self-awareness and transformation in me um there was the book attached by i think his name's amir levine um let me just quickly check so that i'm not yeah amir levine and rachel heller and another book called loving bravely by alexandra solman um there's so many resources out there to help us grow from experiences and then probably one of the biggest lessons that my mentor kind of has been trying to drill into me for a long time is that you also don't always have to figure everything out um experience what you're experiencing emotion wise just sit with it and don't always try and um, master it or I guess the growing kind of happens naturally and sometimes all we have to do is stop and feel things so wow that's long-winded derailed answer but so yeah it's been hard at first it was very hard but I think by staying and facing myself it's also created so much magnetism and like the universe hears you know when you say okay I'm ready um I'm ready to shed all these layers that are preventing me from showing up authentically and wholly and really feeling what it means to love yourself and be completely in your power like there's all these things that happen when you feel rock bottomed and there's so much growth to be had there and so much yeah there's just I wouldn't change the situation for the world, basically, even though for a while I was a hot mess. Um, And I mean, it feels nice to be a hot mess sometimes, to be honest. Like, if things were going perfectly all the time, that's lame. (laughs) You need the polarity. And it's actually only through this experience that I have genuinely understood why people say... um, growth comes through hardship like there's a lot of different ways of saying that and for much of my life I was like "Mm, that's not true I've had a pretty easy life you know I'm growing well and by looking at myself through this situation I've been like "Mm, no actually you definitely need hardship to grow and sometimes we don't acknowledge that there's been hardship so that's definitely a shadowy thing that needs to be explored definitely by me Um, have been exploring it but yeah other than that now things yeah the universe listens is basically what I was trying to say and so many synchronicities started happening again like I've just felt so in the flow again I'm moving my body again which like for a couple of months there on the road it's been very difficult we've just been on such a mission to get to WA um but I'm practicing yoga every day. I found a great studio in town and, you know, found the organic shop and found some secret little beaches to swim naked at. And yeah, I'm feeling like myself again for the first time in a long time. And even reflecting back on how much I've self-abandoned myself in the past eight months, um, not consciously and not at all driven by him but completely driven by me which um the book attached delves into on why some personalities tend to do this and 
for me, it's definitely rooted in childhood stuff um, and cultivating mentalities that I'm unsafe, um, that I'm not enough, and things like that that have led to self-validation through others and especially through romantic partners. And so, yeah, lots of growth over here. And I'm so grateful actually for it because I've gotten to know so many sides of myself. These are all, like every side of yourself is a part of you. And yeah, it feels nice to hang out with happy cam and, you know, in the flow cam and all these aspects of me that I often embody. Um, but it's not all of me. Part of me is sad. Part of me um, gets angry. Part of me is frustrated. Part of me can be manipulative. Like there's all these aspects of ourself that are who we are and in the hard times it's kind of nice to just meet every side of myself and see which sides of um, myself are coming from wounds or trauma or old pain that never had an opportunity to heal or integrate. Um, yeah, it gives us platforms on which we can propel ourselves into higher states of being. And so for that, I'm grateful. And so the adjustment has been a whirlwind um, and it's been amazing. The next question is, uh, what is your number one dating advice? And my answer to this question is to be yourself like unapologetically. This might seem silly um, and obvious, but actually I think it's probably our number one issue as a collective when it comes to dating is that we are showing up in these filtered versions of ourselves based on a lack mentality and low self-worth that we have to bend um, into a specific shape so that the person that we are dating or want to date will accept us, love us, approve of us, validate us. And this is dangerous and actually also abusive towards the other person because if you dim any aspect or characteristic of yourself, first of all, you're going to have to play that out for the end of time. Like, I don't think we realize, like, at what point do you think you're going to whip out this characteristic or this, in air quotes, flaw or preference and be like, hey, by the way, um, I do this or I like this or... Um, I've never told you this, but it's like better to just show up with all your shit just right there in front of you. And if the person doesn't accept you, move on. We, there's billions of people in the world. Like there's so many people that really what dating is, is a filtering process. And we especially women, I believe, um, we don't really date. We like find someone and then as soon as we have one conversation with them or 
we, you know, we have a, a short chat at the farmer's market or we match on a dating app, all of a sudden, everything else gets blocked out and we zoom in and focus on this one person. And then generally, we abandon parts of ourselves to be approved, loved, validated, etc. Um, and yeah, the abusive nature of this is we're not even giving the other person an opportunity to see us and accept us and love us the way that we are. And we do this on so, so many levels. I'll give you a exa- personal example. Um, my ex was very particular about the kind of music he listened to. And like, I guess relatively half of the time joking, but kind of you know, like when you're joking, but seriously, judgmental about many types of music. And so he liked what he liked and that's totally fine. But in an effort to not be rejected, and this is completely subconscious, like I only realized this way down the line when I was like, oh my God, like, yeah, I don't even have words. But basically, I let him always choose the music because I was subconsciously terrified that I would be rejected if I played something that I enjoy that he didn't approve of. And I like all kinds of music. Some of the music I listen to is embarrassing. And like, it's even for me, I'm like, well, whatever. Singing in the car, I like singing to this song. And sometimes it's country music. Sometimes it's pop music. Like it's not always in air quotes cool. And I don't actually care. But when it came to him and because he had such strong views about like what was good music, I was really into music. I completely abandoned that part of myself and we have a loss for words really because it's fascinating to see the ways in which we do this in so many different ways be it with the clothes that we wear the food that we eat uh, the people that we hang out with the work that we do it like the music that we listen to your best bet is to just find out who slash what your authentic self is and don't apologize for that and don't try and change it so that it fits someone else's narrative because yeah you'll have to what never listen to lame top 20 hits ever again just because it's perceived as like being not cool oh my god like Yeah, I'm I'm actually baffled by myself and yet I've done it in relationships when I was younger um, also and I see it happening all around me. Like people have abandoned themselves in relationship and to be loved and even if you are loved, like who are they loving? That's not you. You have to show up authentically and and be loved for who you are basically and realize too that if that's very difficult for you and if you feel the need to be perceived in a certain way or you ever feel the need to filter your beliefs or your thoughts um, to be approved of then congratulations you have inner child healing to do like it's it's this incessant need that we have to gain external approval from other people because we just don't feel like we're worthy or enough 
or that there is someone out there that will accept us for who we are completely and I promise you that there is but it helps if you can find that approval and acceptance for yourself first because then that enables you to show up in the world as yourself and not feel the need to hide yeah next question is are you still not drinking alcohol and this is a very easy quick answer um hilarious i actually don't know if i'm supposed to answer yes or no are you still not drinking alcohol so yes i'm still not drinking alcohol aka no i don't drink um it's been i'm trying to think of the last time i had any alcohol was two christmases ago i had a sip of biodynamic red wine and it sealed the deal that i no longer drink alcohol it's just not for me um i definitely binge party drank when i was younger and then transitioned into like a air quotes healthier relationship with alcohol only having like you know a glass of red wine every so often and that phased off too i just for me it's so low vibration it doesn't like i one sip and i know i'm like this is just foul i i and no judgment for whoever feels what's right for them at whatever point in their life but yeah i don't i don't think i'm ever going to drink ever again um i can't predict the future but it's just so misaligned with the person that i've become so no um i do not drink someone asked i actually don't have the question right in front of me but it was something along the lines of what is your uh, what are your thoughts or experiences on plant medicines and things like ayahuasca? Um, it really depends. Um, personally, I've had like life-altering experiences with plant medicine. Um, I've done ayahuasca four times. Um, I've done large dose of psilocybin twice and microdosed for a very long time um i actually haven't done any of that stuff in years now um but yeah it's played a profound role in my journey um but i don't think it's for everyone um there's no answer to anything really um and when it comes to plant medicines, I actually don't think that we choose to do them. I think that they choose to do us. And depending on our intention and our setting, um, the experience can be profoundly positive or profoundly negative. From my understanding, even when it feels profoundly negative in the moment, there is a grand lesson um, brewing. I think actually the negative experiences can even be more profound than the positive ones in life in general really um definitely has felt that way with this breakup um but to who should do them i'm i mean who am i to say it's such an individual experience it's such a personal experience the only thing i suggest is really really checking in with your intention um for a while ayahuasca especially on the east coast of australia was very cool 
It's a very cool thing to do and everyone was talking about their ayahuasca experiences and anything that becomes popular um, breeds quite a lot of darkness and when it comes to shamans and that type of work, there's a lot of dark magic going on and there's a lot of people that I wouldn't in a million years want to watch over me as I journey through um, an ayahuasca ceremony. So yeah, I think be careful is one thing. Um, it's a wild world and it's an unregulated world. And I don't even mean regulated by um, the mainstream because that would never happen in a healthy way. But just in terms of um, you, you, you open yourself up, you become very vulnerable in that state. And so you want to make sure that whoever is nurturing you through it, aka the shaman, is um, going to do a good job. And really all you can do is follow your intuition when it comes to that. Um, I've been very blessed in that department. Um, and the other is to surrender, I guess. Um, if it feels like it's calling you, there's an amazing concept. I think I learned the first time that I did it that once you've decided that ayahuasca is a part of your journey, the medicine starts working on you from that moment onwards. Um, because plant wisdom is everywhere. Like you put your feet on the earth and you're connected to the earth and the medicine works on you. Or you touch a tree or you smell a flower. Like we aren't separate from nature. We are nature. And the wisdom that comes through plant medicine can access us in infinite different ways. So that's pretty cool. And then, yeah, check in with your intention and then surrender to the experience because it's very beautiful. And if your intention is pure, you're in for a wild ride because plant medicine is extremely healing. But I guess, you know, in the same vein, everything is healing. Like every experience that we have is a portal towards healing. Um... And then quite a few questions came up about um, getting triggered. And this is a subject that I'm very, very, very passionate about at the moment because it has completely revolutionized the way that I navigate in the world and the way that I address um, life, like all these ways in which we get activated as a response to someone else. Um, yeah, so I won't read out the specific questions. I'll just give a little ramble because I think it'll apply to a few of the different questions. Um, so the concept of triggers being our teachers Um with a low degree of awareness about this stuff, we tend to think that when someone activates us or triggers us, that it's their problem. So we're very quick to judge and assume that they're doing something wrong. And our society is obsessed with telling people off, canceling people, trying to change other people. Um, oh man, it's huge in relationship actually. Like whether it's coming from a like a positive or negative place um 
it's not possible to change other people. So that's the first thing, I guess. But the deeper truth about triggers is that they're always a reflection of something that we have not accepted or integrated about ourselves. Because if someone disagrees with you uh, or lives life in a certain way that is different to yours, there is zero reason to get irritated at them unless it's activating a part of you that is blocked and needs healing or integration. Um, period. Like, oh, there's so many examples, but I guess I'll just... And this concept, I mean, it's pretty often discussed in the spiritual world. Um, or the optimization or the self-help world that everyone's a mirror. It's the same concept. People are mirrors to ourselves. Um, but very rarely do people give tools to actually overcome it. And I mean, before I get into some tools, I'll just say this. Um, you can deny that the world is a mirror all you want or choose to think that getting triggered has nothing to do with you but you're going to continue looping and looping and looping in frustration in anger in judgment and in all the ways in which people activate you unless you're willing to explore this concept and do this work um freedom is at the end of the tunnel when you start doing the work that integrates triggers as your teacher um and not that there's an end destination in which you're no longer going to get triggered the triggers get more nuanced and more fascinating really because it's really just the areas in which you need to address a block oh actually in yoga today she was talking about the physical body and um it, it was exactly how I feel about triggers that like when you're tight somewhere um consider that being a trigger like there's a blockage there you have to work on that area there's something there to be released probably actually rooted in emotional things because the body keeps the score um but you have to breathe into it you have to lean into it you have to explore you have to work on that area that feels blocked because if you just pretend that it's fine and keep working on other aspects of your body that's always going to be your weakest link so yeah exploring these ways in which people that activate us actually is something that we haven't accepted or integrated about our own life it sets you free and it requires a lifetime of work but you're going to set yourself free time and time again and transform as a human being so um, there's a few ways of connecting the dots. One of the most easy ways for me has been Byron Katie's work because her four questions are so simple. Everyone can do them. The work is free. I mean, her books are paid, but they're worth every penny. Um, but her work is free on her website. And she has four questions where you ask 
questions like, is it true? Can you absolutely know that it's true? Who would you be without that thought? And at the end of it all, there's a turnaround. And for me, that turnaround is the real lesson of the trigger and the deeper connection to what is not healed within you that is being projected outside. And I'll give you a very raw personal example. Um, Post-breakup with my ex, I was feeling... um, I mean, it it was a very hard time for a while. And I came across the saying that hearts don't break, egos break. And man, that felt true. Like my heart was not broken and there was so much love between us still. But a lot of parts of my ego were being completely shattered. And one way in which that came up was feeling the sentiment I had was he's no longer interested in me. And going through Byron Katie's whole sheet, um, it gets you to look at how it's not true, um, how you can't know that that's true. It gets you to find all these examples where it's not true. And of course, I like, I 100% adult present me acknowledges it was not true. Inner child me felt it. And inner child me was having a tantrum about um, not feeling wanted or interested was really the was the activating concept and then the turnaround for Byron Katie she gets you to literally flip the statement around to be about the self and so the turnaround in that case is I am no longer interested in me and that worksheet Byron Katie's work is a meditation you have to really be willing to get real with yourself vulnerable honest and you sit with a turnaround. So I've been doing Byron Katie's work long enough that I don't really have to sit with the turnarounds to see how true they are. And instantaneously, I could see that the reason why I was feeling so activated by him no longer being interested in that being in air quotes because totally a projection was because I had abandoned myself for months and months and months and put his needs and the relationship's needs ahead of my own and I had abandoned myself in so so many ways I was no longer interested in me and what a wake-up call like that's something you can do something about in this culture where we're obsessed like I said about changing other people do the turnaround and look at the ways in which you are the thing that you hate and this can be in micro ways like I'm gonna have to press pause and give a think about how I'm gonna tell this story because um I need to be very mindful of how I tell it but I will tell it give me a second so I've decided against telling the story that I had to take a pause of to think about how I was gonna express it um because there's actually just so many better examples and the examples happen anytime there is uh, intense polarization. So it could be to do with politics. It could have to do with diet. It could have to do with um, 
pharmaceutical versus non-pharmaceutical, vaccine versus non-vaccine, like all these very, very polarizing topics um, where, uh, which breed aggression. And so the example I'll give is the vegan versus meat eating debate and how, um, for example, someone who is vegan will tear someone else apart verbally um it's very common for there to be death threats for there to be like very serious uh trigger right because they think that the person who eats meat is uh, a murderer the person who is meat is violent um and so you could take that concept put it on a byron katie worksheet and so meat eaters are violent or meat eaters are murderers that's the judgment and the judgment is whatever's triggering you like print out one of her worksheets and put it on paper or just do it um in your own time or there's other i'm going to give some other tools after this but i'll just give this example because i think it's a good one um you can work your way through the whole worksheet but the turnaround to me which you shouldn't just skip to but i will just for the point of this example um i am a murderer i am violent so how can you as a vegan find the ways in which you are the thing that you hate and in the example man they are the most violent people i know angry vegans and they will literally give death threats hello murder to people based on their choices so the activation that we get inside of us always has a turnaround and that's where our work lies is in really exploring the ways in which we are doing the very thing we hate in one way or another or the ways in which We resent people for, you know, showing up authentically in the world when we as children didn't feel worthy, lovable, safe enough to do what the other person is doing. There's always, there's always a healing there to be had when there's a trigger and what a different way to navigate life. Like you can go around getting triggered and be like woohoo there's something for me to work on or there's something for me to dig into instead of being like that person needs to stop eating meat or uh, like it's so exhausting to go through your day thinking that everyone else needs to change and if your happiness is based on someone else changing hello you're (laughs) you're guaranteed to be miserable for your whole life because we cannot change people so Yeah, there's just so many tools to explore the ways in which our triggers are trying to shake us awake uh, to the reality. Byron Katie's work is one. Another way is to uh, delve into Lacey Phillips' work. Um, She has a website called To Be Magnetic, and her course is called The Pathway. It's a paid course, and it's worth every penny. Um for her there's all these different like branches in the course but she's really helped me draw the connections between uh the deeper emotional stuff that's going on and gives actually actionable steps through guided meditations on how to reprogram the subconscious um i'll give you an example 
um, when feelings of jealousy arised in my past relationship, um, I was very aware that they had nothing to do with the relationship itself because that relationship was so beautifully faithful and dedicated and full of integrity. Um, so I at first was like, where is this, where are these sensations of jealousy coming from? And by doing the work through Lacey's course, I saw so clearly that there was a lot of healing to be done from my very first relationship where many ways in which he was unfaithful throughout our entire relationship. Um, I talked about that in episode two of the podcast that talks about um, sex and porn and all that stuff. And then he cheated on me in the end, uh, my first partner. So I really abandoned myself in that relationship, like on so many levels. I just had no had no awareness of any of this stuff and I had in retrospect very low self-worth um and I accepted a lot from him that I it's not that I shouldn't have because you we all do our best at the time but in retrospect I didn't heal from a lot of things that needed like some serious self-love and some serious walking away from a relationship way earlier than I walked away so yeah in the course she enables these like deep deep connections to be made between our present day situation and our mm, inner child and yeah being able to reprogram these subconscious memories uh, has enabled me to stop looping and Actually, she has this one guided meditation. She calls them deep imaginings called trigger. And anytime you get triggered, you just pop it on. It's like 21 minutes or something. And boom, you get to the root cause and you reprogram it. And it takes time because God knows we've been living a lifetime of just suppressing shit and putting it into our shadow and not acknowledging things and thinking that we're strong when actually we're spiritual bypassing. Um which is just not healthy like we have to feel things and we have to let things that hurt hurt and we have to learn to stand up for ourselves and set boundaries like that's just a part of self-worth and be so compassionate for our younger selves like my god the compassion I have for 18 year old me who just didn't know any better and wanted to feel loved and approved of and safe and so she did not stick up for herself and all these types of modalities allow us to do the work as adults and heal the inner child that is always going to be with us so just pretending that the past is in the past it doesn't work um but there's so many tools so that's one tool. Then there's a lot of body work. Um, I think body work's probably a very good starting place for people. Um, like getting massage with the intention of releasing things. And whether it be like massage, yoga, or meditation, I think it's really important to observe things that come up without judgment. So I've been doing a lot of yin recently, um, yoga, and the memories that are unlocking from like 
when we do deep like five minute psoas stretches and hips and all these deep releases the memories that are coming up that I just things that I haven't thought about in like 20 years more than that 25 years like just these vivid memories coming up and I'm just letting them pass without judgment so I think that's definitely one way to heal um, is to work with the physical body because um, Bessel's book The Body Keeps the Score gets really deep into this we store memories in our body and we store trauma in our body and so allowing physical movement to release things that are stored in our body is one great place to start there's actually a book by peter levine who is the father of somatic experiencing another modality that is fantastic for this type of healing um he wrote many books the one i'm currently reading is called trauma and memory um and his modality somatic experiencing is all about having an awareness of the physical response that we get to these triggers and to notice them and kind of repro well not kind of definitely reprogram the nervous system to not react in such an activated way and by having that like pause and sitting with your physical reaction so you can start to do this work by yourself when you get triggered watch your body notice your breath notice your heart rate can you feel your blood pressure rising are you tensing your jaw how does do your shoulders cave what happens in the physical body when you get triggered and then working with a somatic experiencing therapist they will help you heal that nervous system response and in doing that you're able to operate in the world in a way that enables you to be present with the actual situation at hand instead of getting triggered by someone and blowing up or crumbling or losing like getting anxious like all these responses that we get as a result of being triggered by someone um what else emdr there's like this modality i haven't tried yet but it's on the top of my to-do list um it's to do with the way that our pupils work like our eyes and the rapid movement that occurs in our eyes i'll have to give you an update once i try it. i've actually found a local practitioner to work with um, but haven't been yet and it works to like uh, apparently our eyes skip a beat kind of if you're going if you're looking in a perfect circle when there's trauma the, it's visible in the eye and so emdr has has so many success stories of kind of skipping over needing to actually delve into what happened or what's blocking you and just fast track same with somatic experiencing they're not very concerned about the specifics whereas Lacey's work is very concerned about the specifics it depends what you're drawn to there's no right or wrong but um, the more self-awareness you get and the more willing you are to let triggers be your teacher the happier and clearer and more grounded and more centered you're going to be so it's my like obsession at the moment I just it's 
it's giving me answers that I haven't had for a very long time um, to questions I didn't even know I had for a very, even longer time. Um, one last book I'll mention is Loving Bravely by Alexandra Solman. Oh, maybe I already mentioned it. Um, she, I did mention it. She is a university professor and teaches a course called Marriage 101 and explains how to have successful relationships and all of these teachers it's all interconnected what they're teaching it's it's realizing the physical response that you get in your body aka the trigger and working your way back to see if the conclusions that you're drawing about the situation are accurate about like based on the present reality or if they're rooted in past trauma um all these different they're all slightly different variations of the same thing um and they are all pathways towards freedom so yeah i think i'll probably leave it at that we've done an hour um time flies okay i'll just do one last one actually just because i think i can do it pretty quickly um the question is just what are some things you've been recently integrating since you've been off social media um a few things I mean so many things I'll have to do a whole episode all about relationships and love because that's been my biggest area of self-exploration um unsurprisingly because I've been in a relationship I've exited a relationship and I have infinite things to say about that um but maybe two more applicable things that I can just touch on quickly one is oral care like teeth I've always I have not always that is not true I for a very long time was just using conventional things I grew up using like Colgate and mouthwash which is horrifying for my poor oral microbiome but um for years and years and years and years now I've gone in air quotes natural with my um tooth stuff um but I've just kind of upped the ante recently like I have been really inspired by Nadine Artemis and her poetic next level dental care um things I've taken out of my previously holistic dental plan was a toothpaste with glycerin um actually I'll take a photo of my like bathroom stuff and share the new products that I've been using because I've definitely found some things that absolutely tick all the boxes um also not rinsing with tap water when I brush my teeth like that was such a little thing that I never really integrated I don't drink tap water um but rinsing with it was like nah whatever it's not whatever actually because our mouth our mouth microbiome is alive and chlorine kills bacteria so rinsing with tap water twice a day is no bueno um I've really gotten back into oil pulling every morning um I do it while I dry brush like those are two little things that kind of ebb and flow in and out of my life but at the moment I'm really doing it every day and I polish my teeth after with bicarb and I just make a little paste with spring water and bicarb and it really uh, is a gentle way to kind of get all the oil out of the mouth which is then full of bacteria and should not be swallowed 
Um, yeah, so that's tooth care. And the other thing is the concept of cycling everything to maximize benefits. So most of you probably know what the circadian rhythm is. It's like our internal body clock. And um, just like there's night and day and there's monthly rhythms if you're a woman with your menstrual cycle, um, cycling, I, I just feel this deeply. We should cycle everything to get the most out of anything that we do. So exercise is one example. For women, it's a very clear cycling to do with your menstrual cycle. Um, We have four phases of our menstrual cycle. And as after we ovulate, um, you enter your luteal phase. And this is a phase in which we should slow down. And we've been conned by marketing teams to think that we can do everything men can do and of course we can but the bigger question is should we and at what cost um we need to slow down every month and we shouldn't be exercising every single day of the month vigorously and so yeah getting to know your menstrual cycle and really honoring periods of rest and periods of more gentle movement Um, complete rest for the first few days of your bleed and for men too um, cycling is just as beneficial it's less uh, dramatically hormonally important than with women but back in my days of overtraining and like intense gym I knew it for men too if you cycle um, heavy lifting with periods of more like if you do a week of heavy lifting followed by three days of high reps low weight you end up maximizing your benefits um, both for endurance and strength there's just ways of cycling um, for men that will yeah maximize your your benefits caffeine's another example Um, we shouldn't be drinking caffeine every day if at all to be honest but I really do love green tea So what I'll do is have matcha for two or three weeks, um, but I'll take Sundays off with no caffeine and I'll take one entire week off at least without any caffeine as well, um, also with my menstrual cycle. Supplements is another example. Um, We don't need to take things 24-7. Diet's another example. Um, When you have diet variation, it forces metabolic adaptation. So, for example, if you're really low carb, keto, 24-7, 365, your body is going to go into starvation mode and will downregulate your metabolism because our bodies are brilliant. And if they think that this is the new norm, they adapt um, for survival. So, if low carb feels right for you which if you're a woman be very careful with this because in our reproductive years there is absolutely no science to support not again that i believe science has the answer but all these things that show that keto is really healthy women in their reproductive years are not included in these studies and we are very vulnerable to stress and low carb for an extended period of time is stress on the body so varying your diet um this happens in so many ways it could be macronutrients so that's like carbs fat and protein um 
micronutrients. I just had a chat with a friend about gut health and how important it is to vary the foods that we eat so that we introduce different good bacteria into our microbiome. Um, And yeah, even with foods, like intolerances can come from going too crazy with one food. Eggs is a perfect example. Um, This is very bio-individual. But basically by varying the foods that you eat and not getting too um, rigid with any of your habits, you're going to benefit in every aspect of your life. So whether that means um, like stopping all your obsessive habits with caffeine supplements, diet on the weekend, and this doesn't mean doing a 180 and consuming junk and not taking care of yourself. But it means ebbing and flowing with your body. And this actually happens very naturally if you listen to your intuition and are tuned in with your body. Um, But for those that are still working on that connection and relationship, try and cycle things. Like see how you feel. If you're exercising 24-7, take a whole week off and you might be very surprised by uh, how you feel. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It feels really nice to be back um, showing up for all the ways in which becoming fully human has manifested itself through audio and visual and written word and to connect with all of you guys again in all these different ways. I hope that your day is filled with self-love and compassion, with grace, uh, with clarity and inner peace, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye for now. Thank you.